Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. The mission of Pan Africa Children Advocacy Watch, PACLAW, Incorporated is to nurture and develop a different generation of African leaders through the vehicle of access to a new education culture at the basic level, a type of education that will focus on turning the gaze of children away from avarice, extortion, selflessness, the vain, the obsession, and the accumulation of material wealth, and prepare them for leadership that embraces living for a higher purpose. PACCAL will empower these children and young men and women through education to subjugate their personal and tribal interests into the interest and well-being of their nations. PACCAL is focusing in particular on the education of students in the primary and secondary schools in the neglected and underserved communities in sub-Sahara Africa. The parents in the local community, including the Parent Teacher Association, play a central role in charting the course of the future of the children in accordance with their aspirations and also the implementation of the objectives of PACAW Incorporated. There is strict monitoring and accountability by the PTA school officials and PACAW Incorporated. The goal is to have a critical mass of new and different generations of African leaders who will champion de facto development of Africa by Africans. Our hope is that these new African nations will become productive contributors to the well-being of the human family of nations and partner with the other developed nations rather than dependents drowning in a culture of chronic beleaguerness. PACAW Incorporated believes that intelligence, capability, courage, and good character are spread handsomely by our Creator across all segments of the human race. Thus, with the right type of education and the persistent help from altruistic and visionary mentors, 
the new leadership in Africa would be able to overcome the continent's monumental problems. Dr. Ayani, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Oh, good evening. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, well, you're welcome, and, you know, thank you for joining us, and uh, it's good to talk with you again. Um, we haven't really had a chance to talk very much since uh, uh, we actually met, and um, it, it was quite quite a time we had. <laughs> oh, that was, uh, I really had a, a great time, Pat, and you are so wonderful, and I deeply appreciate everything you did for the organization. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So I, I want you to tell the listeners, they know a little bit about PACAW and what, you know, you guys do, but tell them in your own words, and, and we'll get into a little bit about what was it on your mind that made you start such an organization as well. Well, uh, PACAW uh, is an acronym for Pan-Africa Children Advocacy Watch. And uh, the organization was started in 2007 officially, even though we've been doing a few things before then. And uh, I, have, I hope you don't mind if I give you a long-winded uh, answer into why the organization was, was started. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for long-winded. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, the... the, the there are three parts uh, to, to the answer to this question. And uh, uh, the first part is the fact that, uh, uh, and these are facts that anybody can look over, you know, you can check it out online, you see it in newspapers and so on. Africa receives more foreign aid than any other continent on this planet. Mm. And you have hundreds and thousands of uh, non-profit organizations, scores of foreign governments and uh, uh, government aid programs, not to mention various United Nations agencies, World Bank, International Monetary Fund, uh, the G8 countries, celebrities, you know, superstars, all over the world that uh, contribute to Africa significantly. But since independence, despite, and most of these nations, you know, uh, received their independence in the late 1950s and in the 1960s. And since that time, despite this massive inflow of benevolence, aid, and handouts, many of these countries remain stuck in decay and maldevelopment. So that's the first thing that struck me when I got involved in uh, philanthropic organizations and so on. So my personal involvement in organizations, for example, you know, going on medical missions in Africa, you go there for two weeks, you treat so many people, thousands of people, and then when you leave, you know, they are back to square one, there's no follow-up, they don't have the facilities in the hospital. So I came to the conclusion that most of the uh, solutions are just band-aids, you know, you feed mm. people, you clothe them, you give them shoes, you send books, but they are just band-aids. So there are very deep-rooted fundamental problems. That's number two. Then the third leg is that the debate, the debate about the resuscitation of these poorly performing nations, how can we lift up these nations? The debate about these nations in Africa has been dominated, one, by non-Africans, mm. and two, by economists, mostly from the West. When I say the West, I'm talking of United States, Canada, Europe, Japan, you know, Australia, and so on. So Africans are not uh, in the center of this debate about their fate and their future. So... It is clear to any informed observer of Africa that the problems are much deeper than just lack of money, and they are certainly not due to lack of resources because, you know, people know that many of these poorly performing countries in Africa have 
plenty of natural resources. Okay, so it seems to me as if uh, uh, you know the greatest obstacle to development in these nations are these the inhabitants of these nations by themselves. That is a bitter truth to say, but I think mm -hmm. at some point an African has to say this: that the greatest obstacle to development in Africa are Africans themselves. And what are these obstacles? And these are fully documented. You can go online or so many books already written. Greed, selfishness, mm -hmm. okay, massive corruption, poor governor, and a complete lack of sense of nationhood. Okay? Tribal ideologies and, and, and feelings. So no sense of nationhood. Okay? So what's the solution, or at least a major part of the solution? This is a very complex problem, and nobody should pretend that he or she or any particular organization has all the answers. But I, I believe that a major part of this solution is to develop a new generation of Africans with a different education culture. Africans have to decide that they want to get from point A to point B and that they have to be the drivers of the vehicles that will take them from point A to point mm. B. They right. cannot continue to depend on people from across the Atlantic because it's only they who know how they want, where they want to go, how far they want to go, how soon they want to get there. They have to be the driver of the vehicles. Well, so I know that's doctor, a very long thing. I, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and you're making a really good point because, and I just want to clarify this before we move on, and I know you have more to say on the same topic, but... You're saying that with the aid that came from the West came dependence as well. And so you're looking at changing this culture to create aid, education, and um, things that will help the nation that will not bring along with it dependence, but allow people to depend on themselves and build upon their own resources right there without relying on others after the aid has been addressed. Absolutely. You have it absolutely right. Because there is no doubt that these, you know, lots of aids from all over the world, okay, has created a culture of dependence. Mm -hmm. and Africa has to be weaned off that culture of dependence. And, and the unfortunate thing is that th this is a continent with uh, 55 countries. You know, there are 54 members of the African Union, if you count uh, Morocco, which is not a member of the African Union, but is, is a member of the United Nations. 55 nations, the second largest continent on this planet, 1 billion people, uh, and uh, tremendous resources, more resources than any other continent on this planet. So... And then you have one billion brains. One billion brains. <laughs> so there is no excuse, in my view, for this continuing decay. So to, to, to uh, just piggyback on what you said, they have all the human and natural resources, and they just have to win themselves off this culture of dependence. And so give us an idea of the structure that you have. And where did you come up with this idea and concept? Because your, you know, your profession is as a, a neurosurgeon. So what's the connection? I understand that you started by giving aid and being a doctor as well. But tell us why you decided to go this route and, and, and sort of bury yourself into this new concept that's outside of your, your field of expertise, so to speak, but even though you are an expert by understanding and studying the problem, I, I'm just trying to understand with someone who's a, a neurosurgeon, you know, going grassroots and, and getting their, their hands dirty in something like this. It's, a, it's an amazing story in itself, and I want to hear that as well. Well, thank you very much for bringing that uh, point up. Um, 
I have always been interested in uh, issues regarding Africa. So even when I was very busy on my, in my neurosurgery practice, uh, I tried to find time, okay, joining organizations or through the church, you know, do you make donations, then we send it back home. And, of course, I used to go back to Nigeria uh, frequently. And then when the kids were grown up and I had more time, I was still busy in profession, but I had more time. And then I was able to travel more. I got involved in other organizations. And uh, I gave speeches. We went on medical missions. But as I went back to Africa, and I, I would see that, if you go there now, you do something, you go there a few months or a couple of years later, what you repaired or what you left behind is just as bad or worse mm. <laughs> than after you repaired it. And, mm-hmm. then, and then the issue of corruption and uh, greed and, uh, all the, and the, the, the lack of infrastructure, the fact that these nations with so much money very few of the money that is donated by the aid agencies gets to the villages and the target. So I, I came to the conclusion that uh, there is something more fundamentally wrong. And that's mm. why uh, 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 I felt that the best thing is to start with the children. Because unfortunately, the problems are so deep and so deep-rooted, and the culture... You see, the, the culture has permeated uh, the young adults. So if you really want to change things, if you want to make any fundamental change, you have to start with the children. You have to start with the children. And that's what took me to this uh, step. And then as I studied this further, you know, I got into different religions, you know, philosophy, history, the, the history of uh, Western civilization and development of nations, and you just find out that no nation, no nation has developed from outside. There is no nation mm. that one can, one can point to in the history of human civilization, all the way from Mesopotamia, ancient Egypt, ancient Greece, ancient Rome, Great Britain, and the mighty United States. Any civilization and, and developed nation has developed from within, not from outside aid or people coming to spend two weeks in your country or people sending shoes and clothes and food to you. That's not how nations develop. They develop from within, you see? So that's what took me to this, uh, <laughs> to, you know, this uh, 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 philosophy and, uh, uh, and the... Uh, the prototype that we are using and that we hope to carry to several areas in Nigeria and then subsequently to other African countries. And and give us an idea of the concept and how the way that you're educating these young people, how is it different and what are the key factors that makes this system help people to understand that this is to give back and these other things, corruption, um, selfishness, and greed, and all of those things have no real value, and they are committed to country as opposed to just what they can get for themselves. Yes. The, the first thing that we do is that we don't tell them what to do. You know that was, for example... When we go on medical missions, you know, like when we went to Ghana, when I went to Ghana, I led an organization, you know, about seven years ago. We took so many boxes, you know, of uh, medical equipment and tools and so many things, just like uh, people carry food and clothes and so on to Africa. So the first thing we, we do is that we don't carry anything back to Africa. Okay? That's number one. Number two, 
we don't tell them what to do. And uh, I'm not running down any AIDS organization, but one of the things that uh, I see with many NGOs, because I have been involved with, with quite a few of them, is that you go there, you think you know what is best, okay, we are going to help people do this, you know, drill uh, uh, holes, uh, boreholes for water, set up a clinic for them, build a school. No, no, no. We go there, we sit down, with the leaders in the community and the school say, what do you want? What do you want for your children? What do you want for your community? And then we help them to reach that goal. Everything is community-based, even though at, uh, uh, at the back of our mind, we know exactly what we want. We want to elevate the level of education, give them more teachers, you repair the dilapidated buildings in the school, and so on. But more importantly, a very central point of our uh, uh, project is the fact that, again, this is based on uh, what I have seen, having traveled around, and so on. You see, there are certain fundamental questions that have been asked by the great thinkers over thousands of years. Okay, including the founding fathers of this country, okay, the people who, you, you, you know, who, who, who really started the development of this country at every stage of this country, whether you are talking about George Washington, Jefferson, Roosevelt, Lincoln, you, you know, Martin Luther King, and so on. So, you, you know, people ask these fundamental questions. What is the purpose of life? Okay, what is justice? What is the best life a human being should live? What is education and what is the role of education in a political system? What sort of person should rule the state? Are all citizens equal before the law? Should women have the same rights as men? Should young girls be educated like young boys? So, you, you, you know, these are very fundamental questions. And as you go through history, most civili all civilizations and developed countries, as, as I said, including, you know, where we are today, here in the United States, the great thinkers, the founding fathers, the people who really care about their country, these are the questions that they try to answer. Unfortunately, I must say this, these questions have not been asked, at least from the way they behave, by most African leaders. So hmm. this is an education that we are inculcating into their curriculum. And, and it is a very, very central portion of this project. Wow. So... Of course, you're for all of those things, and, and what is your response if the answer is no for, let's say, for instance, educating young girls? Well, you, by now, I guess you will realize that uh, uh, if, if, if they are looking for somebody who will take no for an answer, I think uh, they are looking at the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> That I know. <laughs> um. Um, because the good Lord, you, you, you know, who created man and, you know, man and woman, uh, you know, he, he, he gives each one, he, you know, his or her own gift, and everybody should have equal opportunity, okay, to maximize his or her God-given potential. And it is the duty of the state and of, 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 of the, the adults and the, and the leaders to make sure that the future generation, whether boy or girl, okay, achieves their full giving God potential. Wow, that is so true. And um, you are working in a number of different areas, a number of different countries, and, and you know, just tell us about some of those areas and some of the work that's in progress as well as some of the work that's been done and the changes you've been able to make in those um, communities. 
Well, the, our major projects are now going on in Nigeria. It's in a village in Kwara State. That we are active in two primary schools and one secondary school. And uh, um, we have recently uh, added uh, nine additional teachers to the staff of the school because, for example, the secondary school did not have a, a science teacher, a math teacher, you know, for a long time. So we employed new ones at the beginning of the year. The same thing in the primary school. We gave them six new. We employed six, six new teachers and a computer, computer teacher. And so uh, we will follow it up with a library project because the primary schools have no library and the secondary school has just a building without any books uh, and so on. So that's the next uh, item on our agenda. And then we are going to develop their science and computer labs, so especially in the, in the primary school. But what we want to do is once we finish in this village, we want to carry this model to, three, to two other areas in Nigeria. Now we, we, we have 350 students now. The goal is to have at least 1,000 students, possibly 1,500 students in Nigeria in this program. So our hope mm. is that if, if you have... 1,000 to 1,500 students, even if you consider the worst-case scenario, you have just a 10%, 20% of this leading, leading Nigeria. We mm -hmm. know that make a huge change. And I know, by God's grace, we will have a much higher percentage of them who will lock up and, and really absorb this program and, 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 and really buy into it. And then when we finish, we will go to other African countries, of course, depending on funding and so on. Now, in the past, what I have done during my uh, involvement with organizations and so on, I was involved with uh, the uh, medical school in Eritrea. Eritrea is a small country by the side of uh, uh, Ethiopia. So with uh, physicians uh, for, for peace and George Washington University, they recruited a number of uh, uh, physicians from around the country. So I was there for, for the, the first two weeks. The first two weeks of uh, 2009, I spent it there uh, to help them to develop their neurology, neurosurgery, train some of their postgraduate people. And I'd also gone on medical missions to Eastern Ghana before. And uh, I've also been invited to Jamaica to give uh, speeches and so on on healthcare assistance. So those are things that I have done in the past. But for now, my focus is just on these uh, children and these uh, Pan-Africa Children Advocacy Watch. Wow. And, you know, it's great because you're laying the groundwork for a different and a better future. And um, we'll definitely have to check back with you and just keep abreast of how this is progressing. But, um, you know, the whole idea of changing children and allowing the children to change the community, it's just phenomenal. And I, I say this all the time. Our children are our future. You know, and, and there's nothing else that you can do in to make the world a better place than to have a, a positive impact on children. And uh, I just think it's an amazing concept, and it's a very productive concept. And I was very excited about it when I first heard and understood exactly what you were doing. And I, I just think it's brilliant, Dr. Yanni. But you, you're a brilliant man and, you know, very well educated. But Again, I commend you for putting yourself in the position where you're not just pointing the finger and saying, you know, you need to do this and you need to do that. You're out there yourself, hands-on, doing what needs to be done. Oh, absolutely. I really uh, appreciate uh, those, uh, those kind words, but uh, the, I don't know whether I will, 
I blame this on my on my parents because my dad was a teacher. May he so rest in peace. He's gone now, and mm. he was the person who really believed in public service. He believed mm. in even beyond beyond himself, and so maybe obviously that that genetic component is there. Uh, the the other issue is uh, you you mentioned pointing fingers now and so on and that's an issue that uh, I've also come to see that I think the the blame game should be over now because number one that Africa can no longer hide not in the days of the internet before internet or you know, cable, television, 24-hour news, CNN, Al Jazeera, all over the world, BBC. You know, the facts are there, okay? The facts are there about what the problems are, okay? We know what the problems are. But, mm-hmm. but at this time, I've just come to the conclusion that this is not the time to point fingers. I don't want to put any blame on anybody because it, it will serve no purpose. You will just anger people. You will make them mad and keep fighting. So, so the best way to spend one's time and energy is to concentrate on the task, the task at hand. Mm. No more blame game. We know what the problem is, and anybody whom God, you know, just uh, 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 God's spirit enters his, his soul, then should join to find a solution to the problem. And uh, uh, I'm sure, you know, as bad as it is for these African states, I am very, very hopeful. I am very, very hopeful. Because um, although some people think the problem is, 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 is so huge, uh, I firmly believe that one day, one day, Africa will rise from this uh, decadent stage and, 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 and really become... Uh, in, in fact, donors, donors rather than recipients. I'm looking forward to the day when <laughs> we say, look, we are sending foreign aid this way, not that we are taking foreign aid from, from all over the world. Well, that's awesome. You know, and if you want a different result, your actions have to be different. And, and fundamentally, from, from the education on out, to the training and also the indoctrinating of these young people of, you know, serving their country first. It's something that is not being done, and I can't see how it could not succeed. Well, yes, I completely agree with you because there is no question about it that what has been done now for 50, 60 years is simply not working. So we have to do something different. You have mm-hmm. to do something different. And there is no better way to do it than to start with education. You see, education is at the core of everything. Okay. No matter which society you, know, you, you live in, there is no question that you cannot get from point A to point B without education. Now, we are not saying everybody should go to college, everybody should get a PhD or this or that, but there are certain basic concepts, okay? Basic concepts of arithmetic, mathematics, science, uh, social studies, history, literature, okay? And then these fundamental questions that I, I discussed earlier on, okay? The true meaning of life, is it just mm. accumulation of wealth, greed, mm-hmm. corruption? So all those things, it has to be really uh, sown. These are seeds that should be planted in the mind and souls of these children, and hopefully the seeds will grow and germinate as they become adults and leaders of this nation. So tell us, now that we've heard your story, we've validated your purpose, um, what do you need? What do you need from people out there? How can they join in this endeavor, and, and how can they help you? Well, the, obviously, we need, we need funding. We need funding. And uh, so anybody whose uh, heart uh, uh, 
is brought towards us and they believe in what we are trying to do, they can go to our website and they can donate uh, by credit card, by PayPal, or by, or by mail. Uh, everything is there. And then we need the expertise in... Uh, well, before you move forward, go ahead and give the website so that people can go there now. On my show, people are actually going right now, and they're checking you out. So go ahead and allow them to do that. Okay. The, the website address is www.paco.org. PACO is the acronym, and it stands for Pan Africa Children Advocacy Watch. So www.paco.org. P-A-C-A-W dot O-R-G. Yes, yes. Hmm. That's great. And on there, there are some pictures as well. You can see some of the work that has been done. Uh, some of the transitions that have taken place, some of the children. And it's always refreshing when I go to the website to see Dr. Ayani in the classroom, hand against the board, teaching. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yes. Well, actually, that was uh, was a... Primary five class or primary six, which in this country that would be the fifth grade or sixth grade, and I was just teaching them a civics lessons, civics lessons. Hmm. But, but 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 you you notice during my initial talk, I talked about computer science uh, laboratory for the primary mm-hmm. school and so on. It really pained me when uh, about two years ago. When I was teaching in that class, okay, I, asked, I just mentioned the word computer, and their faces were blank, all of them. There were 22 mm. students in the, in, the, in, the, in the class, fifth grade, blank. I said, has any one of you seen a computer? So two of them raised their hands. Two out of 22 students in the class raised their hands. Mm. I said, where did you see? They, they said they saw it in a bank in a bank which was about, oh, 100 kilometers uh, from, the, from the village, or maybe a little more than that. It's the capital of the state. That's where the, so they said they saw the computer in the bank when they went with their father to the bank. So I asked them, okay, what do you do with the computer? One of them said, well, you do some calculation or anything you are not able to do, the computer will help you. Then the other kid told me that, uh, you know, he doesn't know. He doesn't know what the computer does. And it, 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 it really struck a chord in my mind. And, and it, it, it underscores the importance of one thing. When, when one is involved in NGOs or nonprofits, there is no substitute for really getting down to the grassroots. You mm. have to get down to the ground, then you will really appreciate their problems. And then, and then, to even make things worse, when I met with the teachers, they told me there was only one computer in the primary school. The computer has been locked up in the principal's office for one year, and not a single teacher in the primary school is computer literate. Not a single Mm. one. Mm. Oh, in 2014, Mm-hmm. And, and, and you are talking of uh, a nation with a lot of money, and, and this, is, this is going on across, across the whole continent. It doesn't matter which country you pick, whether you are talking about Congo, or you are talking about Uganda, or you are talking about... You just pick any country. In all those villages, once you see the village we are operating that is just the prototypical situation in many of these villages and rural areas in Africa. So that's why, that's why we are building a, 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 a library, and then we are going to equip it. This is, by God's grace, in the next few weeks, we put computers there, we're going to get computer teachers, we're going to train these teachers, and then 
the, the children will have access to, 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 to computer. Now, Dr. Ayani, we, we are all probably under some misconceptions about some of these areas that we're looking at in sub-Saharan Africa and the infrastructure that's there, the types of resources that are available. Is there um, electricity? Is there Wi-Fi? And, um, you know, uh, is it um, you're utilizing these things under limitations or do you actually have access to all of these things, but just not anyone who's trained to be able to access them? We, there is electricity, there is water, but they are extremely unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the villagers, even in some big towns, some major, major cities in these countries, they can go without electricity for weeks. Okay. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's very undependable. So every time we, we, we go there, for example, you know, I'm going at the end of the month and I'll be there for, 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 for three weeks. You know, I'm looking for a, a, a projector that is battery powered because mm -hmm. we are going to, to conduct a leadership academy for, for one week for the teachers. So I'm looking for a projector that is battery powered because you cannot rely on uh, electricity and all the talks that we give uh, and so on. So the electricity is there, but it's very erratic. You may not have it for days or months. So you have to be prepared for all those things. Hmm. So is it generally by generator or is it um, you have to rely on the resources that are there? without yes. um, having any backup. Wow. Yes. We, we, we always buy or rent a generator. Mm -hmm. I see. Yes. Just buy or rent a generator. Hmm. Wow. Yes. Well, this has been an education in itself, and um, it's amazing to me, too. Um, I, I could have a number of people on the show who um, are working with um, a nonprofit or heading a nonprofit, but they wouldn't be able to ask. They wouldn't be able to answer every question that I would throw at them. And, and you know everything. <laughs> well, and, and, I wouldn't and, say I know, I know everything, but I think the advantage I have is because I I, I, I am right there with them in the mall. Mm -hmm. You know exactly. The, yes, you know in, at the grassroots level. Mm -hmm. yes, and that is my yes. point exactly, and and, and that, this is what uh, amazes me, you know, considering y your status and all that you've accomplished, that you, you know, are are really in the mix. You are connected to everything that's going on with this organization. You're not a figurehead. You are someone who is developing a process and are connected to it in every way. So. Again, I can't but help to commend you for just being that person who is so involved and, and so entrenched in your cause. And, and I just think that's just so admirable. I, I'm just blown away by it. Well, thank you so much uh, for that. The, the, I think the, the key here is that if, if, if there's going to be a turning for Africa, a turning point, then the... I don't think we have any choice. Anybody who is interested in the, in the de facto and true development of that continent has really to go down to the grassroots and really get dirty and know the truth and, and stay with these people in the villages. And, uh, and I think it serves two, two purposes. Number one, for the uh, uh, non-profit people, it gives them a sound knowledge of what the problem is. And then, and then it is a good example for these children. It's a good example for the children themselves so that they know that when they graduate from high school, they go to college, then they become leaders in a few years, then that will be an example that hopefully some of them will emulate. Wow, yeah. Absolutely. And um, someone listening in on the show just sent us some information on uh, a battery-powered projector, a DLP Pico projector. I'll have to send you the link that runs off of a laptop that will allow you to do just what you, you said as far as your leadership conference. Oh, 
that is wonderful. Now I have a Mac Air, I have a MacBook Air, and mm-hmm. they told me I, I just have to buy a, an AVG uh, connector or something. But I need, uh, we need a battery-powered uh, projector because yeah. there are several images that we would like to, to, to project to them. Yeah, it looks like this works. As a matter of fact, in the picture I'm looking at, it looks like a, a MacBook Air. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll definitely send you this information. Oh, man. And, um, yeah, that's just phenomenal. Dante, thank you for that. And, um, yeah, uh, wow, we've had such a great time. And um, it's amazing. We've only got about 15 minutes in the show. And I just want to make sure that you can um, talk about the people who are supporting you as well and anyone that you would like to thank who is in the trenches with you working with these young people. Yes, I would especially like to thank our coordinators in Nigeria because uh, anybody who has has traveled to the the third world in the villages and you know how bad the roads are, especially in the villages once you leave the main cities and uh, the transportation, especially during the rainy season, the roads are really treacherous. And the coordinator. In the past seven, eight years, okay, has not been paid. No, not a penny. Everything has mm-hmm. been done uh, uh, free and uh, with good spirit and good health. So we would like to thank them. And then we would like to thank our donors. I've had some great friends, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Tom White in, in, in in California, who, who gave us some funds uh, the last time, and also one of our board members, Dr. Ms. Gebi, uh, who, who is originally from Eritrea. Actually, when I went to, to Eritrea, I told you, you know, a few years ago, he was the director of the postgraduate program in their medical school, Rota Medical School, and he was the one, you know, I went with him through Physicians for Peace and and George Washington Hospital. So he has been very, very supportive. And, uh, and also the members of the church and the, the, the community leaders in, in Nigeria. Another person who has been very supportive is a very senior member in the Nigerian uh, journalism and uh, educational structure. His name is Chief Arayu Oyebola, very, very supportive because we had been involved in some other issues regarding development in Nigeria, which I didn't mention. Wow, that's great. That's great. And it's good to know that there are good people around you helping you in this cause as well. And um, you guys, uh, you have to have some other type of fundraisers coming up as well besides just the website. Is there anything that you can mention now, or will we just have to get back to you when you're a little closer to the date? Yeah, we are doing a radio ad on WMAL. This is uh, the ABC radio station in in Washington, D.C. It's going to be an online ad. They call it Cube, Cube ad. So we will just have a, a, a small ad on their website, and then there will be a link, a link from their website to our website. And it will be on the what, uh, what we do, what we do page on our, on our website. So actually that video is, is, is already there now, okay? Oh, <laughs> sure good. It's your video, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's your video. <laughs> well, uh. that's Without you, it will be impossible. So that video is already there. So we are going to do this radio ad. And then uh, we are planning another uh, uh, fundraising, maybe on cable, cable television, and so on. So, but for now, the radio ad will uh, begin airing next, next week, Monday. Okay, on very good. Yeah, WMAL.com. That is the main ABC station in, in Washington. It's going to be online. It's going to be a cube, C-U-B-E, cube ad, just a small ad. And there will be a link from there to our website. 
Well, we're going to compete with them. We're going to try to push more people to your website than they. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah. And um, and it's a great cause, and, and you know this is something for me that's easily to get behind. And um, I tell you, when I met you, I, I, you were truly a delight, Doctor Yanni. And um, it, I really enjoyed uh, working with you on um, producing the video, as well as just meeting you and understanding your passion about the work that you do. Oh, I really, really appreciate your help from the bottom of my heart, and of course your wonderful professional partner, Mr. Chris King, and uh, uh, I can assure you that uh, all these uh, hundreds of children now, but they will become thousands very soon, will (laughs) deeply deeply appreciate uh, everything you are doing to help us, you know, you know, get them to a better, a better way of life, not just for themselves, but for their community and subsequently for their nations, and then subsequently for the second largest continent on this planet, Africa. And then, by extension, I have to say this, the African diaspora. Because mm-hmm. I think if, if, if Africa elevates herself and really, you know, gets off, you know, gets off this uh, sleeping bag, and becomes a true giant as it is. This is the second largest continent on this planet. Okay? With, if it really lives up to its potential, I think it will be a, a big pride for people of African descent all over the world in the entire African diaspora. Mm, absolutely. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> You're ready to go out there and march and take it to the streets, Dr. Ayani. I can hear it in your voice. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Well, it was really good to talk with you again, and and we will talk again very soon. And um, I I generally try to cut down my conversation with people that I'm going to have on the show just to make sure we don't have any great conversations that we miss. So now that we've done this, yeah, we'll be sure to talk a little bit more in the near future. Oh, I really appreciate your having me, and uh, uh, it's uh, it's it's just so wonderful to have uh, great people like you. You know, people who have uh, a giving heart, you know, like you, and uh, we deeply, deeply appreciate it. And I've really enjoyed being on the program. All right, and remember, I'll be sending you a link so that you can listen back to it as well, and you can email it to all of your contacts and your friends, so everyone will get an opportunity to hear this show. Uh, that's that should be wonderful. That should be wonderful. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again, Doctor Ayani, and we will talk with you soon. And keep up the good work. Oh, thank you so much, Mike, and uh, say hello to your family and God bless. God bless you too. Thank you. Today. Have you ever thought about today? What happened today? What's going to happen today? Important of today. Today you might not be
Today is just another day for most of us, but yesterday, millions of exceptional, brilliant people decided that they were going to do something this day that would change their lives for the better and potentially the lives of hundreds more. Some even awoke with an unheard of sense of determination, focus, and vision, ready to leap forward and make that big change in their lives. In reality, most awoke pretty much the same way as most of us with today's office grind, tasks, checklists, calendars, and chores for the day as their primary concern. Sadly, some forgot yesterday's decision when they awoke, and others were just too afraid to try, and some just too stubborn to change, and many who forgot that tomorrow is not promised did not make it to see the sunrise today. I can't emphasize this enough. There is no time like the present. Whatever you want for your tomorrow, the effort has to start today. Better yet, right now. God has embedded in us a will and life purpose we may succeed at any number of things, but this is the one thing that we can be assured to be much bigger than ourselves. It is our opportunity to accomplish the amazing, touch the lives of a multitude of people, and leave this world that we live in a much better place due to our efforts. Yeah, but first we have to take action. Take bold steps to crush our fear with confidence, destroy our insecurity with intense determination, and implement a decisive plan that will turn obstacles into minor adjustments and defeat into monuments of mistakes that we will never make again, all because of the wisdom we obtained that special day. You know what? There is no stopping people who truly care about the lives of others. I would dare say that they are invincible because nothing can destroy the human spirit. Why is it that I feature nonprofits and charities on my show so often? It's not just because that they are awesome and a rare breed of individuals. It's because they selflessly do the work that matters because others won't. And just because it's the right thing to do. How huge is that? But they do need your help. They first need you to be informed and aware, and I think we've taken care of that. Next, they need you to take action. Become a part of this solution. Or is today just another day? You already did something great today. You woke up this morning. The question is, who will you be today? Take a close look. Therein lies a measure of truth. Well, we've come to the end of another great show. Special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman, and our associate producer, Dante Holton. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. <laughs>